Welcome to the Adea DPL podcast. This educational series explores industry trends and best practices, providing advisors like you with insights to better serve your clients and grow your business. This episode features an interview with President and CEO of Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America, Walter White, and DPL's founder and CEO, David Lau. Welcome, Walter White, uh, CEO of Allianz, CEO and president, actually, of Allianz Life, uh, based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Allianz is a terrific partner of DPL, uh, one of the carriers we love working with because of their outstanding people, their outstanding products, and their dedication to the RAA space. Uh, you know, they continue to innovate and continue to you know, bring resource to serving the RIA market. And, you know, we really uh, find ourselves fortunate to have them a- as a partner. And, you know, I'd just like to welcome you to a day at DPL, Walter. And unfortunately, we're doing this by video rather than in Louisville, where I could have gotten you a nice you know, pork chop dinner and maybe some bourbon uh, baseball bat. You know, we could have exposed you to all the uh, Louisville, uh, Louisville-centric uh, experiences, but uh, I'm happy to have you joined by video. Well, you just mentioned three things. I'm looking forward to coming back: um, dinner, bourbon, and baseball. So let's hope it's soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, you know, as I was you know, mentioning in in the intro, you know, one of the you know one of the things that DPL really does is, you know, as we work with RIAs and you know, work with firms, introducing insurance. I mean, RIAs forever really didn't have the option of using annuities. It, it, you know, annuities didn't fit into their business model because, you know, they're commission-driven products. So it's only in the last number of years that you've started to see more, you know, commission-free products that, you know, fit into the RA's business model coming to market. So one of the important roles we play you know, as a firm is helping educate, you know, RA's. How do you think about these products? How do you think about them, you know, within a portfolio? What purpose, you know, should you think about using them for, uh, you know, relative to your clients and their retirement? So what do you, what do you guys see? How do other advisors use them? And how do you talk about your products and, the benefits for clients. Yeah, certainly we want to position them as part of a broader solution. It isn't the single solution. You know, there have over time been channels, I think, that got very focused on that. that this was the answer to, to all questions. What we see in, in channels that uh, have more of a planning focus is an understanding that this fits a, a specific need within the portfolio. Uh, and a couple of things that it that it can do. One, it can start to dampen volatility. So when you look at um, returns over time, having that element for a portion of the portfolio, you can show very technically, you know, will will make sense. Uh, probably just as important though is um, this, this sort of psychological peace of mind that having a stream of income provides that whether you match that to essential uh, spending needs or just show um, sort of liken it to what people are used to in their working life, just having that regular source of income, that can take a lot of um, worry out, which ultimately will help make better decisions with the rest of the portfolio. Now, of course, there is, I'll say, a price to be paid for that in that the products um, in some ways are not simple. Um, they're not necessarily intuitive for people to understand, you know, how does risk pooling work and, you know, what does guaranteed income mean? 
And sometimes they don't fit easily within um, the other tools you might use to construct a portfolio. So that's really been the focus more recently is to remove some of those barriers, which will make the natural value uh, more evident. Uh, and I do think that's worth that process because there really is not another solution like it. It's fitting a need that otherwise would go unmet. You can probably replicate some of those aspects, um, but you really need that product uh, to deliver the solution. The other thing I would say uh, on this point is, you know, products have changed a lot over time. So I think sometimes people have fixed ideas in their minds about, well, aren't these the products with 20% commissions and, you know, clearly aren't a good consumer value. You know, I think you need to look at the modern designs um, and the designs that have specifically emerged uh, for the investment advisor space. Uh, they're really attuned beyond just the way you would be compensated, really attuned to the dynamics uh, of that space. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, oftentimes when you read, you know, picking up on a couple of the points you made there, you know, oftentimes when you read about products and you hear, you know, an advisor taking an opposing view of why, you know, why don't you want to use annuities? They talk about it as if it's one product. It's because they're expensive and complex and, you know, and you lose control of the money because you turn it over to the insurance carrier. It's like, well, those are like the bad features of many different products. <laughs> you know, not all, you know, there, there are many different kinds of annuities. And, and like you said, uh, you know, annuities have evolved and changed and there are, you know, solutions, you know, that will fit your business model regardless of what it is. And, and, you know, what, you know, we work on and, and you as well is bringing in those solutions to the fee-based model, uh, that, that work with it, uh, you know, quite, quite well now. And the other point that, that you made, which we had David Blanchett from Morningstar, you know, that we did a day at DPL and David actually lives just down the road in, in Lexington and was able to come in prior to, to the COVID crisis. And we did a day at DPL and he talked about certainty, right? And certainty absolutely has value, right? It's hard to quantify and advisors tend to like to quantify things, but it absolutely has value to a client seeing certainty within what is a very uncertain financial plan. You know, sometimes financial plans, you know, to me, get the perception of certainty because you put in assumptions, right? I'm going to retire at this age. I'm going to, you know, we'll, you know, we'll live this long. The market will return X. You know, I will spend Y. Uh, it seems like a very thoughtful plan, but we know those are all variables. And the, the annuity can bring some certainty. Yeah, you make an excellent point. Another illustration of that, the value of certainty is sort of this transition we've gone through from defined benefit to defined contribution plans. And you go back to when that transition was being made, all the advantages that were seen in the defined contribution model from a choice standpoint and potential for outsized returns. Well, what was lost in that was the certainty element. And I think now, as people reflect, they're, they're seeing the, the issues that creates. So finding that source of certainty, to your point, is really critical. One of the other things you know, that comes up with advisors as we talk to them is they want to understand how stable the paying ability is of the carrier. It's new for them. They, you know, advisors, they want to understand what risk that they're you know, going to be exposing their client to. They worry about, is this a single creditor risk basically going, going with one carrier for income? We're in the midst of a time that they're looking for income solution for a number of reasons. One, you've got the really low interest rate environment, but also 
also dividend yielding stocks, which many advisors have relied upon for income, are in record numbers suspending dividends. What certainty can you give and and how can you talk to the advisors we work with about the way you pay out income and and how that's generated and the certainty that you bring to it? Well, I'll make a general comment about the insurance industry in that dimension and then maybe offer a few things specific to to Allianz Life. I do think this is an industry strength. When you look at the value proposition of the insurance industry, it is dependent upon delivering long-term promises with predictability. If we didn't have that, there wouldn't be an industry. So as a result, it's heavily regulated with an eye towards long-term solvency. Capital required is high. I mean, you compare the insurance industry to a the bank, you know, it's a very, very different picture. Investment choices tend to be conservative. You know, there's a range, but within that range, these are conservative choices designed to meet long-term liabilities. So we're constantly matching our assets and liabilities in terms of duration, in terms of other characteristics, uh, because that's ultimately, you know, return's important, but ultimately it's that ability uh, to deliver um, a long-term promise, which generate, you know, which ge- is generally dependent on cash flow. So that's, uh, I would say, true of the industry. And if you look at the industry's history, while there have been a few well-publicized insolvencies, I mean, you could really count them on one hand. There is a guarantee uh, association backing uh, for that that the industry contributes to. So early on in my career, I can remember executive life and we all contributed the solution. So it does speak to this understanding as an industry. That's the fundamental value proposition. For Allianz Life specifically, you know, we do benefit from um, uh, our parent. So, you know, our capital position is certainly shored up by being part of uh, what I guess, uh, depending on the measure, you could say is the world's largest uh, insurance company. It also gives us access to diversification that we may not have alone, as well as expertise. So Allianz owns PIMCO. Uh, as you know, PIMCO manages a fair amount of our general account. We definitely benefit from having what I think is the world's best credit manager uh, looking after the bulk of our uh, investments, which are commercial credit. So I think there's a lot of things unique to us that are reflected in our ratings. Primary point I would make is you should feel good about the industry. That Of the risks I would consider, that one um, is is one that the industry, I think, understands well and knows that they, they need to constantly monitor and offset. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up PIMCO. Many advisors don't realize the connection. PIMCO is an asset manager that many in the RA space are you know, highly familiar with as an excellent fixed income manager. And you know, you bring up the relationship with PIMCO and, and maybe you can just talk a little bit about that in some more detail as you were just mentioning. Yeah. So we do um, benefit from having them and the Allianz family. Actually, my boss is uh, also oversees PIMCO and Allianz Global Investors. So there is an understanding of the tight tie between our life business and PIMCO's asset management business. We've used them, as I said, to manage a fair amount of our general account and regain their insight. One of the things that PIMCO is particularly adept at in the insurance asset management side is just managing sort of the risk side of performance with ultimately the credit quality side of it. So their default history has been outstanding. You know, if you go back to the financial crisis, I mean, we really came out of that in, in great shape and PIMCO really performed well in that environment, which is in some ways how they position their unique strength. It's their ability in crisis times, not just their ability uh, when things are relatively stable. 
So we have every uh, expectation that as we go through this latest crisis, I think that uh, ability will will really stand tall. The other advantage we get, I think, um, in being part of a group, and this is two-way, it's just the line of sight we can each bring into our world, which could help each other. So in the case of PIMCO, we early on worked with them on an index in our products, uh, and it was really their entry into creating these custom index for other uh, insurance carriers. Conversely, I think PIMCO has helped us as we think about new ventures where they have some expertise. And to your point, understanding the RIA space is definitely helpful to us. So I think it's both an intellectual best practice type relationship as well as a very specific relationship where we're doing things on each other's behalf. Let's switch gears just a little bit. I mean, earlier when we were talking with the team, you had brought in some data regarding your retirement readiness survey that Allianz had conducted. And you had some really interesting findings in there, you know, some of which I would term as aspiration versus reality. So can you talk a little bit about survey results you guys got in the retirement readiness uh, survey you did? Yeah, so I think as people start to come to grips with their retirement aspirations versus their current economic reality, they start to make some assumptions about things like how long they'll be able to work or will they continue to work uh, at least part-time in retirement. And then when you look at the, the real realities, you know, what's the average age people do retire? It's considerably short of what they believe could happen. The percentage of retirees that are able to work part-time in retirement, it's a very small percentage of those who now believe that that will be possible. So some of that is for reasons outside of their control. It might be job loss. It might be health-related. And of course, that's a double whammy because now you've got expenses that you aren't thinking about when you're making some of those judgments. So one of the ways we use that research is both to understand the psychology as we think about how to position our solutions but also as a way to generate awareness that, hey, your retirement could be considerably longer than you're thinking It could because it could start considerably earlier. Your source of incremental income in retirement could be very different than you're expecting, hence preparing uh, and bringing in some element of a guaranteed income stream could be more important. I think that's where the, the research is helpful, both in terms of awareness as well as positioning of the solutions uh, that we provide. And I think it's great data for financial advisors, you know, who really need to work in realities rather than aspirations, right? So like you said, the, you know, the average retirement age, you had it in your survey and I've seen it elsewhere is often four years earlier than the retiree was expecting. The life expectancy can go longer. And I think the data that you presented earlier said some 60-odd percent, 64% of retirees expect that they're going to work in retirement, but only 7% do. You know, So if you're a planner and you're modeling those things into a financial plan and the client retires earlier, lives longer, and doesn't actually generate any you know, working income, that can dramatically change the way a plan looks. Absolutely. And and certainly like uh, the way we would manage risk in a corporate sense, setting up those sensitivities and working through the implications at a minimum, it would be important. You know, what if that expectation is not met? Is that devastating to the plan or you could withstand? So yeah, from a research standpoint, we'll certainly make that full study available. We'll also break it down into sort of shareable chunks for those that want to use it with clients. Uh, So yeah, look forward to that. I think it's some interesting insight. 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we'd appreciate the sharing of it as with the advisors we work with. And, you know, just you know, continuing kind of on the topic of the retirement challenges, there's so much uncertainty in retirement. As we were mentioning earlier, financial plans are, are really filled with uncertainty. And bringing insurance into a plan can really help clients in many different ways. And talk again, I know you mentioned it earlier in, in some of your comments about the some of the psychological benefits of annuities and bringing certainty to clients and allaying fears they might have in retirement. Yeah, interestingly, if I go back to the very beginning of my career in financial services, where I worked for a large you know, mutual life insurance company. And there are a lot of flaws in that model. When you look at the product set, it was limited and uh, some of the sales tactics were perhaps excessive. But there was one aspect of that that we really understood, which was the concept of certainty. It was a needs-based approach that really honed in on, on that issue. And you know, in those days, it was principally on the life insurance side. I think in some ways that got forgotten a bit, both because of success at bull markets, um, sort of this optimistic view, and nobody had worked through those sensitivities that I mentioned. So the ability to position certainty and the value that that brings, I think, got lost a little bit along the way. It'll be interesting to see now with the pandemic whether that returns. You know, we've already seen that on the life insurance side. There's... Mm-hmm. A lot of interest now in protection products and applications are rising, as you would expect, but ultimately pandemic will end. So it'll be a question of, is this a long-term change in in psychology? We would argue it should be a long-term change. Uh, I think the pandemic just illustrates, hey, there's a lot of things that could change very quickly and planning for that range of possibilities is really critical. And if you've plan for that, you can then move on and potentially take more risk in other aspects of your life or your investments. And the value that that brings, I think, is often not understood either. So we do see a lot of retirees, in fact, have the other issue, which is they're too risk averse because of the uncertainty. And if they had more confidence, you know, they could have a much richer uh, retirement life. So yeah, I think hopefully we'll see a renaissance or return back to that understanding of the value of certainty to a client. I mean, I, I saw that with my father. You know, my father is a literal rocket scientist. You know, he, he was an entrepreneur for a good period of his, his life. So he, you know, he was a risk taker. And in his accumulation phase of his financial life, you know, he, risk was okay. But when he was getting to retirement, he couldn't pull the trigger on actually retiring because he didn't have, you know, from his financial advisor, who I'd referred him to, he, he had you know what was called a plan, but to him as a scientist, it wasn't a plan. It was a bunch of you know assumptions about what might happen. And I said, you know, Dad, you know what I do? I, I work with these products called annuities. <laughs> Let me introduce you to one. So we introduced him to one, you know, through a financial advisor. I subsequently referred him to. He got his annuity and he retired. And this is a guy who had plenty of money. Right. I mean, he, he didn't need to worry about running out of money. And I think that's one of the misperceptions, you know, lots of advisors have. And these products are just for people who might run out of money or, you know, the academic research will talk to you about the efficiency in which income can be generated from annuities. But I think that that certainty, you know, for retirees, even for those who are, who are wealthy, who may have been more willing to take risk during their accumulation years, advisors, I think, become surprised when they talk about annuities and certainty solutions, 
you know, to those people, I think they're they're surprised by the receptivity they get. Yeah, and interestingly, the, sometimes the knock on annuities is the opposite, that because uh, they're viewed as relatively opaque, they're uncertain when the, the reality is really the opposite of that. So I think that that's on us to help uh, pierce some of that uh, opacity so people can position them right, because, yeah, it should be the most yeah. certain part of your portfolio, not the, not the most uncertain. Honestly, I mean, you're being magnanimous and recognizing the complexity of annuities. To me, as I explain it to financial advisors, is yes, you should absolutely, as the advisor, understand how the product works. But you don't explain how a mutual fund works to your client. You, you explain to them the purpose of it you know, within the financial plan. If, if you want to uncover a mutual fund and determine how a yield is, is derived from a mutual fund, it's an incredibly complex thing. So I think. In fairness, you know, annuities get a little bit of an unfair rap for complexity because you know people want to bear, you know dig into it and and say how it works. And, and again, advisors should know how it works, but for clients, you should be able to explain what the purpose is for and what it's being used for, just like a mutual fund, and then have the security of knowing you can answer the questions about it if if your client happens to ask more. No, I totally agree with you. I do bristle sometimes when we get accused of having complex products when you look at things like an individual security and all the things that go into determining its valuation. That's pretty complex. And I think unfamiliarity can can make it feel that way to advisors. So that's why we emphasize you know so much education here. And we get a lot of help from carriers like Allianz, who you make some of your experts available to us to help do webinars for advisors and explain how products work. And so we, we always appreciate that commitment. The other area that we see a lot of commitment from Allianz on in all regards, but in specifically to the RIA community is in technology, and more so than many carriers. And we see Allianz making technology investments. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we definitely understood early on that to be successful um, in the RIA world, integrating with the tools that advisors were used to using uh, in that world was pretty critical. What I think made that challenging was those tools were very, we've seen a lot of change and as acquisitions have happened and other, other things have, have occurred. So picking the right horses uh, was also uh, really important. And we'll continue to refine that set. In the meantime, we know it can't just be one solution. So we're going to integrate with several. I think that's important. The other thing I would say is there's levels of integration. So this is still a work in yeah. progress. We can exchange data files and you can get information in. But to really be seamlessly integrated where everything is connected from end to end, that's a a longer term effort. So we know this is a journey. We've got to continue to invest. There'll probably be some false starts where maybe one of the horses we back doesn't become a significant player, but that's fine. I think it helps us home in on what the long-term solutions will be. So I think uh, you've probably seen some publicity around individual choices we made you know, most recently with eMoney, and we'll work on that over the course of this year. We'll continue to find those new uh, opportunities but then probably even more important, enrich the integrations that we have so they, they work much more seamlessly. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way of thinking about it. It's, it's a journey. It doesn't, you know, technology is always going to continue to evolve. You know, the way we talk about it with RIAs is the technology is sufficient for you to do business you know, using an annuity and it's going to get better. It'll go, it'll, it'll become more integrated, more seamless, but you know, 
three years ago, it probably wasn't sufficient. <laughs> it, it, was, it probably didn't meet minimum requirements for a fiduciary RIA to integrate into their desktop. It, it, annuities were challenging. We make lots of efforts on that side, and it's great to have a you know, partner in Allianz also committed to you know, and understanding the importance that you know, technology plays in being able to you know, integrate into a practice. It's not simply the product. It's got to work yeah. within within somebody's practice. Yeah, I would say what's exciting, going back to when we were talking about certainty and this issue is, you know, I think this is very much aligned with client expectations. Um, beyond the sort of certainty side, there's a transparency element. I think the uh, advisory world is particularly attuned to that, um, whereas, you know, other distribution um, areas may not be as clear cut. So that transparency is helpful. And then here with technology, you know, the client expectations for that, um, you know, are only going to rise. So um, advisors that are particularly adept at using these tools and understanding, uh, understanding them, I think um, have a big advantage with clients. So our goal as a carrier is to make sure we're participating in that and integrating with those tools and helping advisors uh, position these portfolios with clients. We think in order for advisors you know, to fully appreciate the value annuities in particular are going to bring into a financial plan or a portfolio, and we've, we've talked about some of the benefits, but you've got to get them integrated into the planning software like you're doing with, you know, with eMoney. You, get, the, you know, get annuities modeled within portfolio management systems so they're showing up as asset classes so you can see you know, the risk adjusted returns, you know, within the portfolio that the annuity can help with, or you can see, you know, that you, it, it almost helps quantify that certainty in the financial plan when you can model the annuity, you know, into the financial plan. If you want to look at this very technically, um, you know, these products will show very well. Somebody really wants to get into that detail and view it as um, you know, an element of a um, of a diversified portfolio, what effect does it have over time? You know, we're prepared to do that. And of course, the other aspect is, um, you know, just the value that those tools have in demonstrating uh, other aspects of the portfolio. If you're not in it, I think you're you're not really part of the comprehensive plan as it's being explained to to a client. So we definitely see that, and we're, as I say, we're um, prepared to continue to invest to make that as seamless as possible. And it is so important, I think, in particular for the RAA market. As we're talking to RAAs about annuities, a lot of time it's a reallocation of the portfolio. Allianz provides a lot of different products. The one that you're, you've been the market leader in now forever, the fixed index annuity, we talk about this being an allocation out of the fixed income portfolio. So having that realization in their software that can show them what it, you know what the portfolio looks like if you make that allocation. It becomes incredibly important. You guys have done a lot of work for integration. Like I said, we're doing it as well. Yeah, I think you used the the key term earlier, you know, asset class. Um, you know, insurers have talked yes. for a long time about insurance as an asset class, and it is a unique asset class. And I think what's held us back is more. Well, then you should be able to position it using the same tools alongside other asset classes, hence make that reallocation, um, you know, seamless and possible. So that's really where our focus has been. I think it's the appropriate way to look at it, but then we also have to follow through and make sure uh, it can be then compared and reallocated just as simply as any other asset class.
Yeah, absolutely. So as we kind of wrap up, we wanted to talk about your viewpoints on the RIA channel and band a little bit more on Allianz's continuing commitment to the channel and how you're looking to work within the channel and continue to support it and innovate and, and, and be a leader in the space. Yeah, so no question, if you look at the just the trends, it's clear why we would want to be in this channel. It's you know been the fastest growing. It's where the bulk of the assets sit. Just for that reason alone, it's pretty, pretty obvious. But there's other aspects of it, I think, that play to how we want to present ourselves as a carrier, that these are long-term solutions. They're not a single solution that your entire portfolio should consist of. So things that I think are well understood by investment advisors, it fits that very well. The transparency, as we went through the whole best interest, I think we concluded pretty quickly, well, if we're not providing things in the best interest of clients, that doesn't make sense. Now, there's different ways that can be depicted, but ultimately, transparency is at the heart of it. And I think that's the hallmark of investment advisors, whether it's how they're being compensated or just a range of solutions and how they're displayed. So I think it attracts us from that standpoint too. It's a very nice fit. Uh, We do recognize it's going to be a long process that from an understanding standpoint, we're not starting from a position of great strength. So we do know we have to be committed for, for the long term. And as part of that, it's finding great partners, uh, David, like you and your firm and people that understand that world uh, are making that commitment themselves for the long term. We'd like to join with that. So we're really excited about the opportunity. I appreciate your time today. I'm gonna, I'll give you a quick opportunity if you want to ask me something while we've, uh, I'm sitting here you know, grilling you with questions and, and <laughs> engaging the conversation. If you want to ask me something before we head out, uh, go ahead and, and, and fire away. Well, maybe I'll ask sort of the obvious question related to the pandemic. And as we come out of that from a health standpoint, what do you see as the long-term effects of that, whether it's client attitudes, technology, the way advisors uh, operate? What do you think the long-term effects are? Holy cow. We could probably talk about that all day, right? (laughs) There's going to be so many long-term effects, I think, out of this. And probably nobody realized it when we immediately started shutting down the economy, right? I mean, as it's prolonged, I mean, we're doing this here by video conference. You know, we would have normally, as I was joking around earlier, done it face to face. I think the airline industry is forever changed. I don't know that we'll ever be back to the airline volumes that, that we were pre-crisis. I've spent a lot of time over the last number of weeks talking to our 800 member firms. I haven't spoken to all of them, but I've spoken to a ton of them to see how they're handling the crisis. And this, you know, video conferences have really risen, you know, with them, not just to conduct, you know, business internally, but with their clients, you know, it particularly like on the East Coast, I found probably in the, um, probably on the West Coast too, the, the heavy traffic areas, right, where a client may have an hour drive, maybe a five mile, one hour drive uh, to get to go see their advisor. Now they're doing it by video conference. And, and that's been really productive for client and advisor to have that face-to-face, but by, by technology. The other thing is, I think you were alluding to it earlier too, DocuSign, electronic applications, most would prefer them to be done by you know, electronic inefficiency. I think we're seeing more and more of that adopted out of necessity. And I think that'll change forever. And then, you know, in particular, related to, you know, portfolios, I think we're going to see, you know, a, a change relative to portfolios, as you know, we were talking about some earlier for 
RIAs who've been investment only financial advisors, this crisis has really exposed risk. You know, risk has built into these portfolios. You know, I liken it to my waistline, which, you know, has got, you know, increased, you know, little by little over the course of years, you know, by, uh, you know, not watching my diet properly. But, uh, you know, it, risk because interest rates have gone down has kind of creeped into the retirement portfolio. And then you have a crisis like this that kind of illuminates that, uh, you know, for retirees. And, you know, then all of a sudden you've got a stimulus for advisors talking about, okay, let's, let's talk about those protective strategies again. Let's talk about annuities. Um, so I think that that's going to be a, a very positive change for clients. Well, I appreciate that that insight. And while some of those changes might be a little disconcerting, I, for one, am not uh, not upset about never being assigned a middle seat again. So, can look- <laughs> yes, there there's a silver lining. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Well, again, we appreciate your time today, Walter. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we appreciate the partnership and your dedication to the RAA space. And you know, we look forward to a, a long uh, relationship you know, with Allianz. Well, thanks, David. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes from our guests, go to dplfp.com and visit the podcast page.